Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to the Daniel Baldwin Show. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? Jim Kelly, you're listening to Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. A woman on the radio. Yeah, let him go. Who cares what Seth says? He just bumped Seth. We bumped Seth. It jumped right over the automation break. Oh, well. Did it really? Yeah. Are we on? Yeah, we're all right. Check, 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 check. <laughs> the love boat. <laughs> and we're back. And we're here. And we're live. And we skipped over Seth, which is, I kind of like listening to Seth ramble through stuff in the beginning. It gets calms me fired us, up. Calms us down. It, well, you know, it, it takes you into a place where you go, okay, it's coming. I got to get on there. I got to say something. It's time to do the show. I get to see, hear Seth read. <laughs> I wonder what word Seth is going to say today. Yeah, I wonder what. Well, I get to also I get an update on like stuff that I wasn't going to report on usually. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you know, like basically, the Yankees have signed Emilio Rodriguez to play second base in their Division Three program. I, cool. w- I yeah. wish it was that topical. Oh. They did. Wow. Joshy, what do you got over there? I'm just you know getting ready to uh, talk hoops today. We'll talk to Jerry McNamara. Uh, courtesy of our friends at Drivers Village, uh, getting ready for that. Spoke to him in preparation for tonight's game against BC at home. Uh, uh, the three stat essentially of games they need to win: Pitt, BC, and then Pitt again this Saturday. Yeah, you know, I got to tell you, we're going to go right into this right now when it comes to this basketball game, and <clears throat> we've been dancing around this thing now with SU basketball, and and you know, and I and I'm a huge fan of the Orange. I'm a big fan of Jim Beheim's for sure. When I think Syracuse basketball, I think of Jim. I think of I've known him ever since he started coaching here. Um, you know, in I, the twenties. <laughs> we have, they, they invented the wheel. Um, you know, no, but seriously, I mean, he's what forty-two years. So I was like fifteen, and I was coming up here, and he was this new coach, and you know, Syracuse basketball was not. You know, they're much more known for their football and their football program historically. Before that, uh, you know, and he's built um, a dynasty for himself up here in Central New York, and and, and I'm a huge, huge fan of his. With that said. Um, being somebody who has to, you know, render an opinion on things, I would never let that cloud my vision or get in my way. And I will tell you this now, in my opinion, and I and I, I think Paulie's going to play point counterpoints. Jane, you ignorant slut. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, I think they have to win this game. I think if they don't win this game, um, I, I think we're looking at NIT year. I think it's that important. Yeah, it is. And I I am going to play the counterpoint that they have 11 more games to play at least, you know, Mm. after this. So it's not a, you know, set in stone thing. But if you're going to make that path there, beating BC is a very important part of getting to the NCAA tournament. Well, okay. And so so with that said, and I use because it's happened um, recently – I'm going to use, uh, as I do many times, a Dino Babers Syracuse football example. Um, this is not by any means Middle Tennessee State, but this is definitely that Florida State game. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. An interdivisional game, a team of us that's not having a great year, but a similar year to you. Um, and, and, and you're in the middle of the road, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-ish in the ACC. You've got to beat those guys if you're going to be one of those bubble teams that gets in. Now, Middle Tennessee was out of the division. You lost a team that you're, you should be more powerful than, and you were at home and you should have beat them. By no means am I saying if they lost to Boston College tonight that that was as bad as losing to Middle Tennessee. 
but it, I am going to compare it exactly to that Florida State football game. This is a team that, as we look and say we're young, how, do we keep battle after this season? So uh, as far as this season is concerned, we are at home against a 13-7 and team that is and 3-4 in the ACC on our home turf. We must beat Boston College if we want to look forward. And, and, of course, then looking past that, we have to beat Pitt again. We said all along these were three games, a stretch that we had to win. Thank goodness we have BC. If we had BC on the road, I would not say we had to win the game as much as. But when you look at the RPI rankings and you look at the different things that they they weigh in and factor in um, against uh, your your opponent's weight versus you know weaker opponents, this is one of those you got to beat like teams, and this is a very close to Syracuse ranked team. So I believe that um, you can measure what's going to happen the rest of the year off of this game. We've got to take care of business at home tonight. I believe they beat BC at home last year, right? They lost on the road to BC and then beat them when they came back home to Syracuse. Yeah, it's 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 two different teams and you, with Syracuse anyways, and you just got to... They've got to be able to defend the guards. I, if they can defend those two guards, there's no excuse they can't win this game. And everybody's talking about how BC relies on their guards and how great their guards are. Well, Syracuse relies on their guards. Those are the two best players on Syracuse, too. So you got to be able to neutralize those guys, and hopefully Syracuse has better players than the rest of the court. Do me a favor. While we're up here, I'm going to squeeze over to you. Pull up the rest of Syracuse's basketball um, schedule right now. It's right up so, here. Okay, so pull it up. So let's read it off. And you tell me where you don't think, because if you and I are going to, well, it's not the end of the season. But, well, Okay, so, so, so hang on. So we beat Pitt. Now we've got BC, and I say we have to win. Then you agree we have to beat Pitt again? Yes. Georgia Tech? Yes. We're going to beat Georgia Tech? Yes. Okay, next game? Virginia. You going to beat Virginia? I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put money on it, okay. no, are you but gonna, they are were you, close uh, enough uh, on the road. Are you going to beat Virginia? Really? Uh, really? No. Okay, are you going to beat Louisville? Oh, probably not. Okay, so, 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 so listen. Yeah, no, yeah, so, okay, now? Wake Forest at home, yes. We're going to beat Wake. Go ahead. NC you keep in track? No. I can if you want me to. Can you do it? Okay, so let's, let's, this is important. So let's do it. So, so right now, right now, our record is we are at the current time thirteen and six. Thirteen and six. Okay, so we've got Boston College. I say we have to win it. Correct. Right. Okay, I, so. And I'm not arguing with you in the fact that it's not go, an go, important go, 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 win. Go, go, go. So I'm there's one. There's one. Go ahead. Mathematically. Next game at Pittsburgh. Got to win it. Got to win it. Go ahead. At Georgia Tech. We gonna win that? Gotta win it. Gotta win it's it. one of those teams that we're talking Go. about. Virginia. Gonna lose it. Go. At Louisville. Gonna lose it. Go. Home versus Wake Forest. You say winner. Yes. Go ahead. Home versus NC State. Another one of those you gotta win. Gotta win NC State. Go gotta ahead. win NC Go State. At Miami. Gonna lose it. Gonna lose it. Home to North Carolina. Gonna lose it. Go ahead. At Duke. Gonna lose it. At BC. Okay, so here's where we swing. So, so how many? So at BC. So you, are we going to beat win at BC? Yeah, I, I think you have to. Okay, you say you have to. Go ahead. And uh, Clemson at home. You going to beat Clemson at home? Clemson's very good this year. Right. I don't think you're going to beat Clemson at home. So uh, based on that, if we agreed on all those games, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, we have 19 wins, seven. Eight, nine, ten, eleven. You think nineteen and twelve puts us in the tournament? No, I think that puts you at the point where you got to win a game in the ACC tournament, also, in order to get in. Okay, so I, so you and I are in agreement, and, and bubble. Yeah, and, and and so what I'm saying to you is, we're either going to steal one of those games against a big team like we did in football, 
to, to vault us to get to give us that kind. Or we're going to have to win. I got news for you. We're going to have to win a couple of games in the ACC yeah. tournament. If you take the route that they're going this way, the tur- the tournament committee may have an argument that they didn't beat a good team in the ACC. Whereas if they can win one of those other games, they're going to lock themselves in. So I believe that, that when we go back and forth with these different types of arguments, I believe you just totally proved my point, which is... You're not going to beat North Carolina. You're not going to beat Miami. You're not going to beat Virginia. You're not going to beat Duke. And you're probably not going to beat Clemson. With that said, you haven't beaten really anybody all year. So anybody other. So if you don't knock off those f- ranked number 50, 52, 58, 59, and you lose to them too, you're screwed. You're not going to the tournament, no matter what you do in the ACC tournament. I think they have to beat Boston College both times in order to get to the tournament this year. Yeah, yeah, and I wasn't arguing that you were wrong. I was arguing mathematically with you. I was saying that, yes, they... <laughs> what is that, that going to mean? I, I, I'm the numbers game. I wasn't saying, arguing whether you were wrong. I was arguing mathematically. <laughs> oh, I like that's your Polly like, impression. I like that's it. Not, that sounded like, like Wimpy. Remember Wimpy? <laughs> I'll pay you tomorrow. I'd for be glad to have a hamburger today, Popeye, and pay you on Thursday. Text line, uh, uh, texting in, of course, 2880644, asking you, Daniel, do you think Moyer is playing scared? You know, I, I'm not I'm not a full believer in him yet. You know, I, I think that he's had some game. He came out and and he was turning the ball over, you know, I mean, so so I was worried about, but, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm not 100% sure on him yet. I really don't what know. What is he scared of? What would he be playing scared of? Scared straight, man. <laughs> the text says, is more is more playing scared like Frank Howard was before he knew oh, his job was um, safe? Oh, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. No. You don't no. think he's playing? No, I no. just think he's a young player. You just think he's young? Yeah. He'll get better. Yeah. <laughs> I think he gets along with it. That's the hope. I want to find out if battles jump in the NBA. That's what I want to talk about. They're coming off of a, of a week, which, I mean, I can't imagine they get cold, but a week off, that's pretty uncommon. Yeah, they've had a nice break, um, and but um, I gotta say, in basketball, is that good to have that long a break? I mean, you want to play once a week, don't you? I mean, uh, I think for a team that plays as few players as Syracuse, it may be a good thing, and it in a team that maybe could work on the fundamentals of mm-hmm. the game and could use it. I think it may be okay for them. Give you a chance so, to rest some guys. So, so hang on a second. So, there are guys in the in the in the twelve that are on the team right now. That are still non-scholarship players due to the lack of scholarships we had a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah, there are guys. No, that, they, I think no. I think Syracuse just has more walk-ons. I, I don't know the mathematics of it. Probably, I'd love to but, find out what that is because does that mean that some other kid from you know Guadalupe State you know could could come in and walk on the team now or yeah they just and don't, bump that kid because he doesn't have a scholarship. They just don't have scholar. They didn't have the amount, same amount of scholarships as everybody else. They may still have the same amount of players, just not the quality. Well, of course, they're going to have the same amount of players. Yeah, not everybody on the bench is a scholarship player. So if you not everybody on the so that's why they're so so when you say you go past Dolacek, you know or whatever mm-hmm. that they they don't even have scholarship players past that. Yeah, and they lost. Geno Thorpe and Torian Thompson, yeah. and so it's. I still want to know this. Gene, the Geno Thorpe mystery up here is equivalent to the year Coach K took the year off, <laughs> and I heard more stuff about why he took that year off mm-hmm. from you know. Oh, I bet you got the insight. Too. Oh my God, the stuff I heard was just incredible. I'm going to have to say it off mic. I mean, Geno Thorpe's driving a bus somewhere right now. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, what is Geno doing? Want fries with that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, what? More fries with that. He would have had. He would have had. <laughs> wow. He would have got more playing time. But wait, 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 but if that's the truth, and it's it's not that more, I care. more fries with that. Yeah. Then 
Then what's the real reason why he left? Why can't we get our mole? He wasn't the getting mole. playing time. You're the mole. You've been here like 90 years working for this program. And did anybody see anything out of him in the games that he played? That no. That was gonna, he was going to be the whole game changer? No. Is he better than than former more fries with that? That, that that's now on the bench. <laughs> I, listen, I think the kid should have hung around. First of all, he went to what? Nothing. What's his eligibility? One more year now, Paulie? None. He's None. Done. So he's done. So what was the point of that? So now he's out. He could, if you had hung around, he would have gotten some minutes because we've seen how the team has shifted around. I think but, it was. But there's a st- listen. Can can you hear me out there? can feel there's a story here. I feel something's going on. I really on. think it was an arrogance thing. Everybody I've heard like in the rumblings, I think that he said he wasn't happy with the playing time. How many games did he... Oh, he was like there for like three games and he bailed. Wah, wah. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, 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 so if you're the guy that comes in, storms him as a freshman, and you're playing your whole sophomore and junior year, and then this happens to your senior and you get bumped down, yeah. that guy, even though I think it's terrible sportsmanship and, and in your senior year, why would you do it? But he, I get a little bit of an understanding if he was promised the keys to the car and now he's not allowed to drive. But that's not the case with Gino. It wasn't like Gino was a superstar starter last year or something. And So why would you leave? There's more to this story for a guy to leave. You have to understand the mindset of an athlete. He's waited this long. It's his senior year. Even if he's playing sparingly, as long as that's no less than he had been playing before, Something happened that made him want to leave. Now, it could I be totally non basketball related, too, by the way. Yeah, but I think you're probably something right. Something happened. Something happened. Whether Syracuse wins a title or not, you still get NBA guys looking at you because you're on Syracuse. So he probably was hoping that something would happen, and it didn't. This is like digging a well, digging a well, digging a well. And yeah. then finally you start seeing the soil get wet. And you yeah. turn around and you're like, you, know, you get your glass ready, you get everything, and then you go, yeah, I'm done digging the well, I'm going. Get and your text you'll, you'll in. Take a drink. 2880644. That is the <coughs> Daniel Baldwin Show text line brought to you by Liverpool Pool and Spa. We will come back and talk with GMAC. Jerry McNamara up next. Jerry. Here on ESPN Radio, Syracuse. Tune in to In the Booth every Thursday as Mike Waters from the Post Standard in Syracuse.com breaks down Syracuse Orange Basketball with Matt Park. Brought to you by Oswego County Mutual Insurance. We are the pulse of the orange. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. The Crunch visit the Laval Rocket for the final time this season inside Play Spell in Quebec. Join us for Countdown of Crunch Time at 7.15, Puck Drop at 7.30, tonight on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio Syracuse. And joining us on the phone, brought to you by Burdick BMW and Drivers Village, is Jerry McNamara, assistant coach to your Syracuse men's basketball team. Uh, obviously, BC tonight. Before we jump into that, uh, explain to me what you guys focused on. You get a whole week off to kind of, I guess, uh, adjust the screws. What was the focus this past week? Yeah, it's a little bit different than normal. Uh, obviously, an extended stretch where we had some time off. Um, you know, mixed in a couple of days off there where we had a chance to rest some guys. And, um, you know, we've had quite a few guys that have played a little bit of time. And, and, you know, right after the Pittsburgh game, we had the following day off, which was good. We had a chance to rest. But we came back focused, and, uh, had a few good practices. I think prior to the Pittsburgh game, we had some really good practices offensively where we had some better movement, some better spacing, you know, some opportunities to work on some things going into that game. But that, they play, played us primarily zone. Um, so we didn't have a chance to, to kind of piggyback into what we had done offensively and as far as man-to-man goes. and uh, You know, I think that's what we worked on quite a bit over the last week is 
uh, getting in here. We had a few extended practices, maybe, you know, 20 minutes longer than normal, uh, where we got up and down a little bit, worked on our conditioning. But, you know, th- this was a good chance for us to get back in the gym, coming off of the win, uh, and, and certainly pinpointing some of the things that we're going to focus on as far as execution on the offensive end. Did that pit win give you guys a chance to see what was working and what, what you wanted to dial in? Well, you know, it, it was different because they did play a zone. So, yeah. you know, obviously we had an opportunity to evaluate what we could do as far as, you know, some zone offenses. And, you know, we, we, we put in a couple different actions of, uh, you know, we have them coming up following the, the Boston College game. So, you know, we fully anticipate seeing some zone again. Uh, Boston College plays a little bit of zone, a little bit different, a little more of a matchup 3-2. Uh, they have mixed in a little bit of a 2-3, but more primarily a matchup if they do go zone. And, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh game gave us a chance, uh, you know, to, to, to break down some film as far as what we do offensively against the zone defense. Obviously, we go against it a lot in practice, but uh, when you get it on film against an opponent, it's a little bit more, uh, you know, useful as far as what we could break down and show to our guys. So uh, it gave us some things to work on, obviously, when you have them two out of three games. Going into a BC tonight, I don't think it's any secret. If you're if you're seated within probably a uh, hundred feet of the bench, you can hear coach telling the kids to do something, and then it's just whether or not they execute it. it, it for example, is you know protecting the guys who are shooting the threes, trying to stop that from happening. Uh, have you kind of beaten that into their skulls yet? <laughs> we're doing our best. Yeah. You know, we're doing we're we're trying. I think you know when you look at our schedule and and. You know, I always think back to the Colgate game right right prior to that game when we talked on the radio and, you know, Daniel had said about, you know, is this just a tune-up game prior to Georgetown? And I said, listen, you know, this is based on opponent and, and you know, personnel of what we play. Um, you know, and, and they rained them down. You know, they're a good three-point shooting team that have some great movement, uh, very similar to, to Boston College and what we're going to face, multiple perimeter shooters. Jerome Robinson and Kai Bowman are as difficult to deal with as anybody in the league. Uh, from the and, and as far as the backcourt goes, and you know when you face a team like this that has good movement, that works through the high post, that constantly send overloads into the forward corner, uh, you know they're going to provide some 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 problems. And uh, you know it, it is somewhat good that we had this opportunity of an extended stretch that we get a chance to go back and watch a lot of film because we did play them two times last year. Uh, we went down to Boston and in and, and the Chestnut Hill and. Uh, you know, it didn't go so well for us. Then we came here and we did a little bit, a little bit better. You know, we ballooned our zone, we elevated it, we targeted shooters, and they didn't get as many quality looks. And um, when you're when you're facing guys like Robinson, Kai Bowman, and the kid Jordan Chapman, who's playing incredible uh, over the last few games, um, you know, Robinson just under 50% from the three-point line. I think I think Chapman's right around 47%. Kai Bowman, even though he's only shooting around 32, 33% from the three-point line. He's probably the best player. Um, so, so these guys are a handful on the perimeter, and if we're going to have a chance tonight, we need to do a good job defensively of targeting these guys on the perimeter. So you get through tonight's game, hopefully go away with a win, and then you're right back with Pitt. I mean, you're, you're within uh, you know two weeks, a week and a half, essentially, you're playing the same team again. You're able, are you able to look back at that game that happened so recently and then dial it in for the game that's coming up this weekend? Yeah, you know, two teams that are going to be really familiar with each other. You know, yeah. it's one thing if you're playing on the front end of the schedule and then meeting up on the back end of the schedule, you're going, you know, multiple games in between with different looks, different schemes, obviously different systems. And, um, you know, we've just seen each other, um, you know, so we're going to be very familiar with what they're doing. They're going to be very familiar with what we're doing. 
um, you know, I think the biggest thing is, you know, now we're the ones that have to go on the road and we have to go to a difficult environment. It's a very difficult place to play. I think, it, you know, one of the most difficult places to play in college basketball it certainly has been over the years. Um, you know, so, you know, two teams that have just seen each other and it's about going out and executing who makes a few shots, you know, who, who, who can, can corral a few offensive rebounds, who can control the defensive glass, who protects the basketball. We did a good job against them. Uh, protecting the ball, an area that we're, we're trying to focus on. We, we've always talked about defense rebounding, but one of the areas that I think we needed to improve on the most was protecting the ball. We did that against Pittsburgh. I think it helped us in the long run. And uh, You know, we've gone in stretches early in the season here where we haven't necessarily been this offensive juggernaut. You know, we can't waste possessions, and, and value in the basketball is going to be at a premium. And uh, As we move forward and you face a team that you've just played against, it's about execute. On the phone, Jerry McNamara, assistant coach, Syracuse basketball. Before I let you go, uh, I think we focus a lot on the negative parts of the team, but I, I was thinking today before I got you on the phone, is there anybody this year on this team that is really s- either stepping up or, or sticking out to you, somebody that's really, really showcasing their talents to a level you even you weren't expecting uh, this well, year? Yeah, you know, I, I think coming into the season, everybody kind of anticipated that. Uh, Ty's battle was going to take that sophomore jump, which he has. Um, you know, I think Franklin Howard and Pascal are two guys that have taken uh, complete control and, and advantage of the situation they're in. You know, Frank coming off a season where he didn't necessarily play the type of minutes that uh, he would have liked, and now he's getting the, the minutes that he's uh, w- was hoping for. He's taking advantage of it. I think, you know, with the exception of how he's turned the ball over. And a few of those, a game, are correctable ones, ones that we can hopefully control. Uh, he's played really well. He's shot the ball at a high level. Uh, you know, he's continued to be there every single game, uh, making plays for us. I thought he was terrific in the Pittsburgh game. Um, and Pascal, you know, when, when Brahma went down, it extended his minutes, and he's taken full advantage of his opportunity to play through a few mistakes. And he's helped us in quite a few games, I think, you know, you, you look at what he's done on the offensive end, it's undeniable of, of, you know, his progress. You know, I still think it's about consistency. Uh, you know, he wasn't as effective in the Pittsburgh game as he could have been. There were some opportunities for him there that he could have taken advantage of that we know he's capable of. Um, you know, but you got, uh, you know, stud freshman and O'Shea, you know, Maddie coming off a of freshman redshirt season. So, you know, Maddie's a little bit more familiar. O'Shea's really talented. Uh, Marek's continued to, to come in and provide us. He's been better the last few games. I think he went through a stretch there where, you know, we weren't accustomed to seeing him playing, you know, I, I don't want to say poorly, but not up to the level that he's capable of. And I think a big boost for us lately has been Howard Washington. He's come in and, and he's been really good defensively. He came in early in the first four possessions defensively in the Pittsburgh game. He had two steals and a deflection. So, uh, he comes in in the Florida State game and hits a three. He makes a crucial play late in that game in the press. So, you know, the, the way we play and, and, and how we have to play to win, we need contributions from every area. And, um, you know, hopefully as we move forward, we continue, can continue to see progression in those. I think Matt can really, uh, he, he's got to help us offensively. You know, he's proven he can be an effective defensive rebounder. Uh, but he's got to continue to be there for us offensively, continue to find areas where he can cut and find open lanes that he can catch on the move, aggressive to the rim. He's continued to work on his jumpers, so that's an improving area. Um, you know, So we're still scratching the surface of what we could fully be offensively, but we need to continue to progress in that area. All right, Jerry. Well, thank you so much, man. Good luck tonight, and uh, good luck against Pitt this weekend. Thanks, brother. Appreciate right, see it. You.
Jerry McNamara is on the phone, courtesy of Drivers Village and Burdick BMW. We shall reset and be back. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Orange Nation, noon to 2, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented <laughs> by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Oh, hey, 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 you see yourself jump when that thing came up the panel? Paul used to slide one of these, you know, he pretends he's sliding stuff around like it really matters what he's doing over here. <laughs> And uh, and one of the knobs came flying off, and it looked like a like a jumping spider. High <laughs> end equipment here, it, folks. You know what? It, it, there's nervousness here. I'm there's really nervous- excited about this. So what? Uh, and All what right. you've got coming up next? All right. So we got a couple of pieces coming at you right now. We're gonna go with so what. Go ahead, buddy. Bring it to me, Paulie. What so you got? what is our uh, feature where Paulie will give you headlines, and we decide are they important or so what. Roger Federer has reached the finals of the Australian Open. This isn't really a so what, but what the hell happened to tennis? <laughs> <laughs> like it used to I be think cool. America has said so what. Yeah, you, you know, I, I'm going to answer that question really quick because what's happened to tennis is it's gotten really mundane. You know, so you got it, it, there's great play going on, mm-hmm. but watching Roger Federer play tennis. And then his personality is like watching grass grow. I yeah. Mean, he's like the sweetest guy. There's no controversy. He's never going to look at a referee. He gives a scowl at a referee, and that's, ooh, you know. What about those uh, delicious Williams girls? Aren't they, like, famous right now? Yeah, they're kind of at the end of their career. You know, they're not, you know, and, and besides, they were never hugely controversial on the court. You know, when you watch, we were talking about the difference in our ages mm-hmm. because you went, yeah, look at Federer. Yeah, you know? right. Well, Federer's still playing. Yes. We're talking about McEnroe, Connors, where you looked at the referee and went, are you effing kidding me? You know, I mean, they were screaming at the guy. Agassi wasn't he a big guy? Andre Agassi's a little past when we're talking. But he was fun and he was a personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They were, you know, I mean, going all the way back to, you know, the great challenge, Bobby Riggs, you know, I mean, the guys that I watched play, you know, even the girls were much more animated and uh, I don't know, man. It's it, the personalities. I think are boring. There's yeah, I no, think you need a tennis guy, somebody with personality, male or female. You, you know, you know, what is a good analogy. It's just the opposite in pro wrestling. When we were there, there when we were little kids, watching pro wrestling wasn't boring, super exciting. Yeah, you know, the, the, there was a stand the man Stasiak, and the heart punch was the big thing. Now they got guys. Diving through, you know, coming out of helicopters and oh, landing yeah. on the court. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's crazy. So I think that's the example. But come on, let's play. Some I'm up. about to give you the heart punch right now. Uh, go ahead, baby. I'm not afraid. This headline is going to throw you through the. I'm not roof. afraid. Nothing throws me. The NFL has denied advertising space in the Super Bowl for a veterans group because their ad Kneeling. said "Please stand." Yeah. The NFL wanted to reword it to "Please stand for the vets," right? But they just wanted "Please stand," right? So I, I, when I saw this on Twitter, I emailed immediately the NFL commissioner's office. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? No, this is absolutely not a so what. Now, if we're going to say this is the part that kills me, and you're right, of course, this is going to hit home, but because I can throw their own argument right in their face. If you're going to give me this crap that they have the right, and they're, according to the First Amendment, to go ahead and kneel because we are protecting them to be in this country, to have absolutely that right, then how do they not have the right to equally to buy advertisement sp- space and fight back the other way? So are you going to tell me that even though a great offense to the mother or the wife or the child of a soldier who put his life on the line for this country and paid the ultimate price that you should be able to spit in his family's face 
that ultimately I had to listen to a friend of mine who lost two kids to overdose, one directly and one indirectly. And he said, you know what, Daniel, I don't agree with you. I fought and I served in the military for for Kaepernick and anyone else who wants to kneel to have that right. That's why this country is great. And I said, God bless you. That's what you feel. And you have the right to have that opinion. I don't share that with you. I don't, I cannot look at a wife who's lost the husband of her three and five year old child and say that it is the right of a, of a, a privileged NFL player to kneel during the national anthem. There has to be a less offensive and other way for you, I believe. I believe. I'm allowed to have my belief, just like anyone listening to me can disagree with me and they can have theirs. But if you're going to hide behind the First Amendment rights and say that he has a right to do this, then the NFL has no right to say that these people can't equally buy advertisement time and say, please stand they have a right to pay that advertising time just like anybody else does. Would they have stopped the NAACP from taking advertising time? Would they have stopped them from doing it? No, they wouldn't have. They wouldn't have. They would have gladly sold their $50,000 a second Super Bowl time. So why shouldn't these people then? It's an oxymoron. It's unfair. Text us and let us know what you think, Josh. Boom! I don't know why they would even put their foot in that pool. Just run the damn ads. Why? Why? What's deeper? What goes beyond the headline on that story, Polly? Like, why would they want to? Re- uh, other word advertisers, or- other advertisers reworded similar ads, and they asked them to, and they said no. But they'll run commercials for sugar water and like fatty chips, but we can't run this. Kentucky has fallen out of the top twenty-five for the first time since two thousand fourteen. Ooh, so what? So what? <laughs> you don't think that's a big sports story? Kentucky, but, but, the but, powerhouse? But, yeah, you know, I mean, okay. In the grand I mean, scheme of life, so, so, it doesn't but, matter. But, 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 <laughs> well, you know, on ESPN and, and, and to people, I guess, that are traditionalists in sports, I mean, but ultimately, to get me wound up on the kneeling national mm. issue of death and veterans and, and, and then come back with that, you got you to gotta, you gotta go bigger. You got to get a so out of that. I'm going to come big at you here. This story is a big one. Apparently, the guy who played Barney the Dinosaur throughout the 90s and the PBS children's show Barney and Friends, has become a tantric massage business owner since 2004. He promises to unite clients' mind, body, and spirits through tantric massage, sex, and orgasm. Yeah! <laughs> that matters, baby. That matters! <laughs> <Is> that- <laughs> Josh has quotes from this clown. <laughs> yeah, he says... Uh, The energy I brought up while in the costume of Barney the Dinosaur is based on the foundation of Tantra, which is love. Everything stems, grows, and evolves from love, meaning he's been interested in Tantra and the tantric sex world. What what type of dinosaur was Barney? Do you know? Purple. Do you know what type? What actual type? Like, what was he, a T-Rex maybe? I don't know. No. You? No, Borosaurus. He was a Bonosaurus. He was a Bonosaurus Rex. <laughs> he was a Bonosaurus. Bonosaurus, men have named you. I love it when we do popsicle stick jokes. Oh, I, <laughs> I only say a so what because who cares what the guy who's in the Barney the Dinosaur costume is doing now? Well, that's it. The guy in uh, on, on Tim Allen's show that was the neighbor. The poor guy went nine seasons and only showed his eyeballs over the fence. Yeah, at some point. 
you know, who cares? Well, yeah, this, you couldn't pick you couldn't pick this guy out of a lineup. Well, apparently Josh says this guy walks around thinking everybody knows who the hell he is, though. Like he owns the world. Like here, yeah, like, he says when he's in a grocery store and he's somebody's looking at him weird. Can you he, imagine? He, he replies, "You know who I am." Do, do you know? Do, can you imagine that conversation though? Can you imagine being in the bar going, "No, really, I was Jason in Halloween." <laughs> yeah, right? No, I was. It's me. I'm Jason. Yeah. I met uh, <laughs> Boba Fett. Yeah, I'm listen, Boba Fett. listen. I did. I was in that position. I was in the Jason Barney position once before. I did a movie called Hero. It was a uh, big cast. Um, Stephen Frears directed it. Dustin Hoffman, Gina Davis, Andy Garcia. You know, a, a good size mm-hmm. cast. A lot of Oscar winners. And I play. The, it's a, a, a 747 crashes in the woods and cracks in half over this bridge. They build the bridge, mm-hmm. they buy a Malaysian Airlines 747, bring it in in trucks and parts, assemble it, break it over the... I mean, it was incredible the amount of money they spent on this. It took them months to get this plane mm-hmm. set up. So now the plane's crash, and I'm the fire chief that shows up, and I've got to make the decision. So I decide to go on the plane. Dustin is throwing... He's crossing the bridge, and the plane crashes, and he's this hero, who you know, kind of a schmucky guy who ends up being a hero. Well... Stephen's watching it and everything. He goes, he goes, and he's an English director, and he says, you know, Daniel, I don't, I really don't believe that having the mask up looks very official with the flames and everything going on, mate. He says, would you, do you think maybe you'd bring the mask down? And so I looked at him and I went, well, if I bring the mask down, no one's going to see my face. I go, <laughs> I got scenes with Dustin Hoffman for Christ's sake. I go, I want to be seen in the scene. He goes, Oh, well, let me take a look at with the mask down, Daniel. And so sure enough, I put the mask down in the whole freaking movie. I have to have the mask down. And you I can was hear right next my, to Dustin Hoffman. You can hear my, no, I got a scene with him. It's funny. Uh, the girl jumps out. We're tugging and warring back and forth. I mean, and nothing. I got a mask on. I met Tony Moran, who was in the Halloween movies. And he had the mask on the whole time. He goes, I was underneath the mask. Oh, yeah, sure you were. All right, that's right. <laughs> that, was, that was my point. Yeah, Tony, like, well, you know you weren't. No, no I, I was, was underneath the mask the whole I time. was. I'm the guy. <laughs> or the guy in the Scream movies who's killing everybody, but he's got a mask on the entire time. Right, or the pin face guy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Imagine me without the pins. That's yeah, me. That's me. That's me. Yeah, definitely. Well, we've got to come back. Uh, there's your so what for today. We will come back because there's controversy. Uh, in, in the there's contest. controversy brewing. I know Mary at the front desk is listening. Uh, I'm sorry, Mary, but uh, I'm going to have to expose your your competitive your competitive edge. <laughs> this is the performance enhancing drugs that you took while in competition for weight loss last year. Coming Take up a, next, right here. What? Take a turn from Donald Trump. It's time to drain the swamp. Ah! <laughs> Take a lap. This oh is no! ESPN Radio Syracuse. <laughs> Just do it every day. Do it several times a day. Because it feels that good. Ooh, yep, that's what I'm talking about. Get the latest sports headlines. The buzz around the leagues. Follow your favorite hosts and let them know what you think. Did you miss a show on ESPN Syracuse? Just log on to our website. ESPNSyracuse.com ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. The Orange Women home again tomorrow versus Clemson. Tip at 7, Orange pregame 645. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. And now, Del Lago, the mighty Del Lago Resort and Casino. You know, I might have to I might have to flash out there. What do you, you got should? going this? What do you got going this weekend? My son's birthday party. We got a big bowling party planned. Do you really? Yeah. How old? 7. <sighs> Oh, that's Dude, such a great I'm so idea. stoked. Good for you. Thank you. Bumper bowling? What do you got? Bumper bowling, bro. 
I'm in Pittsburgh. He's got to go to Pittsburgh. Gonna for go the game. get a Primanti Brothers sandwich. That's my uh, goal in life this weekend. I'm gonna hang out. I might have to do a uh, a Del Lago. I'm gonna uh, drive to Pittsburgh with me. A great one. Yeah, why don't you two road trip Jason up to Pittsburgh together? <laughs> couple Jason of you guys, Kluge? couple of bros, are to Pittsburgh together. <laughs> you know, man, I'm a Learjet to Pittsburgh guy uh, myself. <laughs> you don't want to hop in the Chevy Aveo and head I'm, I'm a Learjet to Pittsburgh yeah. guy myself. I yeah, don't know. I don't blame but uh, no, not that I want to get together. I got I got I got to expose something. I I don't think I could face my fellow workers with armed with the information that I received today. Uh, and uh, and I'm not one of those guys that you know normally um, uh, is a squealer, but uh, there's an employee here. That, you know, as you know, many of you listeners and all, everyone that's here working, several of us entered a weight loss competition. Uh, I have entered. I came in. I, I blew up. I did everything I could within within league rules. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I drank a lot of water. I stuffed my face before yeah. I ate like a pig, and I shot up to two sixty nine. Point four, I think it was, or two, I weighed in. Much like a boxer getting ready to weigh in. Right, right. Only in reverse, I beefed up. Yeah. So, with that said, when I came into work today, an employee said, you know, the year I won it, the night before, I took enemas oh. in order, in order oh, no. to gack myself oh, so no, that I no, could no. so I could go ahead and lose ex- oh, excessive weight. Dear. So, the question is, is the use of an enema in this competition considered a PED? Absolutely, it is. That is a performance enhancing drug. <laughs> that is an. That. Uh, <laughs> God. that is a, a performance enhancing really drug. Is that considered a performance enhancing drug? Yes, it is. <laughs> I rest my case. Do you, do you have an opinion? Yes, it's terrible. <clears throat> All right, so so should the title be stripped? Yes. Should there be an asterisk put next to? <laughs> should there be? Should there be an internal probe? I think there should be a probing of some kind into I this. Think, I think we should put because Joe you... Salzone oh, seems to be the most qualified uh, to do this internal cavity you. search. I mean probe. Uh, a special investigation requires Ken Pooler or <laughs> Kenneth yeah. Dirt Star. Yeah. <laughs> we are children. No, but you broke the news to the uh, to the second place person today too. They didn't even I, know. I, I did. That the I did. enema was been used. I, I, that that you know. No, no, but again, so is that really considered though? I mean, could, because the answer is then that we all enema up the night before, you know, and hit the hit the hardcore cleanse button and see what happens. I think contestants should be uh, sequestered for forty eight hours before <laughs> weighing, final weighing. Yeah, you can't do that. That's absolutely cheap because that could drop. Three pounds, right? Oh, more than three. What are you eating? No! <laughs> Listen, three. Some people are stashing up that way. Whoa. I'm gonna have to Google this. Do we have yeah, yeah, Google? Yeah. Google? Google it up now. Average We're weight after a dump. Yeah, how much? An animal? How much can an animal really empty? I, out? I will guarantee you that this is gonna say that you could lose eight pounds. I, I mean, it's gonna be up there, way more than Holy three. Cow. Over double three. So that bro- over double. Let's take a look. Ready? What does it do? Oh, I'm going to say double three easy. Uh, this is how to do it. No. no. Okay. Hey. Don't need that photo. Is there a video? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're looking it up. Yeah. Here we go. Come on now. Pick. And are you going to enema now? Is that what like we a- ask? Why don't we ask the, the, the star witness? What, what did you weigh before and what did you come down? I guess she would know. I, I would think. She's going to know the absolute I mean, number. Listen, she might have lost 12. She's been playing a mind <laughs> game here. Because evidently the, the runner-up in the competition... Felt that he was a shoe in. He thought that he was f- until He'd the shoe lost came like out. He lost fourteen pounds. He's like, I'm, I'm got it. I'm done. I'm good. Oh, he was the leader the day before. I know. He was very excited. Uh, so I mean, uh, 
Well, this is a much longer process. Yeah, than yeah I thought. can't Google it. It won't tell me the exact. Josh, get weights. on the program. I'm, I'm going to say. I'm going to say. Well, t- text us anybody. Who's what's the most? I remember the the most I ever lost in a wrestling practice from one day to the next was 11 pounds. I lost in 24 hours. Mm. Um. So I'm going to guess that you can easily lose. Oh my God! You can lose up to 15 pounds. Thank you. In an hour Thank from you. an enema. Thank Talk you. about being full of s. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So this kid lost 14, thinking he was going in, and the doctor dropped an enema in there and lost 15 in an hour. Hello. Unbelievable. Performance enhancing drugs. She is. N- she needs to revoke that. Pay back the money. Asterisk next to the name. I'm going to say not keep the, the money, but you lose the title. Not in the Hall of Fame. I'm going to say not the, Definitely not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> that's the Hall of Flame. Hall of Flame. Hall of Shame. Yeah. We've got like two minutes and she's on the line. All right. Get her quickly. quickly. Uh, let's go. Let's hear what she She's got. like to defend herself. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Trust me, I didn't lose three pounds. It was not Did you lose 15? It was not a successful endeavor. Was it pleasurable? No. <laughs> you can't come back now and say yeah, it wasn't yeah. successful. Yeah, we want to see the last three weigh-ins how much, and documentation. How much did you win by? I don't remember. The tip of an enema? I can't, I can't believe everybody in the office is going to know about this now. Well, you're being exposed. This, you're this being exposed. is like an yeah. investigation. I don't recall. Right. Yeah. Sure is not really a drug. It's like, what, saline? It's water. It's not really anything. It's a performance-enhancing drug. No, okay. it's not. It didn't but, but, yeah, listen, in our judicial <laughs> In our judicial system, boom, boom, what boom, makes boom, us boom. different than other countries or many other countries, if you steal something in Iran, they cut off a couple of fingers depending on the value. If you steal something of greater value, they cut off your hand. And if you steal something even more than that or you rape someone, they cut off, guess what? So with that said, in our country, the motivation behind that determines the sentence that you get. So I'm going to ask you the simple question. Did you take that enema in order to win the competition? There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Guilty! There's, what's that? Guilty. And the humiliation alone is going to make me go home tonight and not want to eat anything. Thanks a lot. <laughs> oh. wah, wah. Go, you know what? Just because we're both in a competition this year, I give you I give you permission to eat a whole cake tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we will keep a close eye on this investigation. It is very uh it is very, very, very <coughs> intense here in the office. Yeah. Best of luck so. tonight. I if really, people are doing that, this uh, is yeah. Weird. To win, this was it like it's like ten people for twenty five bucks each or something. Yes, yeah, it's like two hundred fifty bucks. I'm gonna take the money and just take everybody out to lunch. Yeah, <laughs> very nice. We will hand it over to Brent X. Of course, uh, you can catch pre and post game tonight for the Syracuse Orange as they battle BC, and then of course Pitt Saturday. If you missed anything, subscribe in iTunes, Google Play. You can get the show. On demand in there, and of course, our interviews with Jerry McNamara is available right now. Brent Axe up next. This is ESPN Radio Syracuse.